Hey everyone, it's Craig from the University of Applied Research and Development, and this is part of our Veteran Stories, Difference Makers, and I'm delighted to have veteran Jay Tiggs with us. Hi, good morning. Hey, how you doing? So fantastic to have you here, fellow podcaster. Good to have you. Thanks for giving us your time. No, honored to be here. Thank you so much for the invite and consideration. I'd love for you to share with us what was your motivation for joining the military when you first did? I think most people, when they join the military, they're usually running towards something or away from something. I think for me, it was a combination of both. I had a very traumatic upbringing. I'm first-generation American. My father uh, immigrated here from Germany. My mother immigrated here from Holland. They both were alive. They were children during World War II, and I think they were both trying to come here to make a better life for themselves. My father had some just complete, like he grew up in Berlin when it was completely, you know, blown apart. So he had a lot of trauma. He saw his whole family um, killed, you know? Um, And so he struggled. He came to the United States to make a better life for himself. He ultimately joined the the United States army for a couple of years, but he really struggled. He met my mother. They had some commonalities because they were both from Europe, you know, and uh, they ultimately got married Um, but it wasn't a happy childhood. It ultimately turned into, um, my mother had some mental health issues exasperated by some physical and emotional abuse by my father. And I ultimately was adopted into a family situation that wasn't much better. And long story short, I knew that there was something greater for me. I had a drive in me to do something for myself. And I was Mm. fascinated with the military, given my family history of what we did during World War II and just the United States in general. And I saw the military as a way of, you know what? There's a lot of positive role models over there. I can be part of something greater than myself. I can make a life for myself. If I could just get out of the situation, you know, keep my grades up, you know, keep my nose clean, I can get in the military and start a new life for myself. And that's ultimately what I did. And I did that through my mantra called do hard things. I, you know, I, I realized that if I did hard things, if I, if I, I got involved in running cross country, and uh, track and field. And that motivated me to keep my grades up. And I enabled me to bridge that gap into the military. And it really set the foundation for a good military uh, successful career. And so that's ultimately the, the, the Cliff Notes version of how I got there. I'm really itching to, to learn more about do hard things, but I'd just like to ask you to share just some of the experiences that you had in the military and how long you were in there. So I'm currently serving I uh, joined the military as a, as a brand new private. I started in the Missouri Army National Guard. So I was in the reservist. I started when I was 17. And then when uh, I, I was in 1990, that was in 1995, 1997, I went on active duty as soon as I graduated high school. And I was a combat engineer. So combat engineers, we do um, uh, explosives work, right? We're, we're, the, we're the engineers that blow things up, right? Uh, put in landmines, things of that nature. So I was enlisted. I worked my way up through the ranks to Sergeant First Class, which is E7. And then uh, I used that, opp- I, I earned my degree and I decided to go to officer candidate school where I commissioned as an engineer officer. And now I'm currently a uh, major and I've been uh, a, a, an officer for 12 years and I'll be retiring next year. Uh, some of my experiences, wow. I've been, uh, I've deployed to Bosnia. I've been deployed to uh, Iraq in, in 2003. I've been uh, in command of two organizations. I was the commander of the engineer basic officer leadership course. I was commander of the combat training company at Fort Leonard Wood that was responsible for um, basically all the instructors that 
manage the the ranges and some of the the training um, for all of the soldiers that come through Fort Leonard Wood. And the engineer basic officer leadership course was basically it's every engineer officer that comes into the army uh, go they they attend that course and that was so I was responsible for both those courses. Wow! And have you you lived and traveled internationally as well with your family? I have, well, I have a little bit, but I've spent a majority of my career at Fort Leonard Wood. When I was married, my, uh, my ex-wife at the time had some health issues. And so they kept us in a position where um, she could receive her health care. And you can't do right. that when you're overseas. And whatnot. So I've had a kind of a unique career where I was in one spot for, for a long time. But um, mm. I have been stationed in Hawaii. I was stationed at Fort Carson, Colorado. I've been here at Fort Leonard Wood. I was in St. Louis for a bit for recruiting. Uh, with just a couple couple tours overseas. Okay. Now, I think I know the answer, but when you when you finish up, what's going to be your focus when you leave the military? Well, uh, I'm passionate about helping people. I'm a certified high-performance coach. I became a certified high-performance coach a year ago. I really enjoy helping people achieve their highest potential. I want to help veterans that are transitioning. And I just want to help people as a high performance coach. I help people not only just get focused and, and get things done. That's the science of achievement. How can we achieve more, but also how can we enjoy the ride while we're doing it? I mm. fell, fell, fell into the pitfall of, I can get a lot of things done. I've always been a high performing officer, but what my biggest challenge was I got to a point where I was absolutely miserable. And I thought about, I got to a point where I was, at the bottom and I wanted to just end it all right. That I had those thoughts dealing with some of the tra mm. traumas from my upbringing, dealing with some of the mm. things that my experiences from the army, like so many veterans face. And I'm like, okay, how can I change my mindset and start? And I started studying the highest performing people and the happiest people. And I started incorporating that into my life. And I become so passionate about that because I think there's such a need for that. And so that's, that's what I'm doing now. So I started the podcast I'm doing one-on-one -on -one coaching and group coaching. I'm just helping people get more done, stay focused on what matters, and live their fullest potential. That's fantastic. And this is your website? That is my website. Yes, sir. And so what sort of resources or services are you providing for people now? Um, you're st still in the military, but you're building your business as well. So what sort of things are you engaging with people on right now that they can access through the website? Uh, so right now I have a mastermind called the forge. This would be like more like an entry level. If you're new to coaching, like if you're new to group coaching, you can connect with like-minded people. It's like a tribe and community of people. I bring in uh, I, I host basically a conversation each week. We have like a book of the month. And as a collective group, we talk about life. It's like a safe space to talk about like real issues. Like, Hey, I'm struggling with my marriage right now. I'm struggling with my fitness. I'm struggling with my finances and helping each other uh, help one another out. I also do individual coaching. I take people through, there's a couple of different options, but I, I take people through the high performance curriculum, which does just that. How do we achieve more? How do we focus on what matters? There's five critical areas that we focus on. And I feel if you master these areas, you'll achieve more and you'll live a more focused life, uh, a fulfilling life. And that's Energy. How do we modulate our overall physical well-being and our energy, manage stress and all those things? Uh, productivity. Are we doing our life's work or are we doing just busy work? And how do we focus on the things that matter? Do we have mm. clarity with who we are? Like, you know, especially mm. like transitioning veterans. It's like, okay, now that I take off the uniform, what's my next mission? 
And if you don't hmm. have good clarity on who you want to be and what you want, it's going to be very easy for you to get off track. And the further you are away from your purpose, the more misery you have in your life. So I help people hmm. like truly figure out what is it? Who are you as a person and what's your next mission? I help people gain more influence because you want people to support you. Or if you're leading your family or, or leading a team at work, you want people to support you and execute what you know what you want them to do. Not manipulation, but influence, like in a positive way, right? Yeah. You want to influence your kids to be good adults and all those things. <clears throat> um, and then finally, um, uh, courage. How do we take bold action? How do we face fear? High-performing people, it's not like the fear isn't there. They just look at fear a little bit differently. Right. They take action anyway. So if you can master those five areas, you'll get more done and you'll live a happier life. Wow. Tell us about um, the the mindset work that you're doing and particularly around uh, fear and facing fear. Yeah. So I'm a big proponent of do hard things, right? Constantly developing fortitude, grit, taking bold action. And, you know, some of the aspects of this is you have to have you have to have a vision of what you want to achieve and just realize that oftentimes these things, as you're growing, it's, it's scary. And that's, that's normal. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes the, the things that we truly fear aside from like physical harm is the judgment of other people and other people's right. opinion. If we, if we start this endeavor, will I, and I fail, will I lose my reputation? The right. hardships that are involved with learning something new, you know, if I enroll into your college, you know, course and How's it going to be like that? There's fear, right? I have to probably change my schedule. I'm going to have you know mm. work that I have to do. And sometimes it's like, it's the fear of the change because I, I can control what I'm currently doing. And so maybe there's some things I'm not happy with, but at least I know what I'm getting into versus wading into something new. Or if I do all the work, maybe the grass isn't greener on the other side. I put in all the work, but my life isn't better. And those are usually the fears that we, that we, that hold us up and keep mm. us from actually achieving. And what we need to do is realize you need to do an inventory of these things. And sometimes you just need to talk these through with someone that has some experience, right? That's why I do what's yes. what I do as a coach is talk through these things. Cause a lot of your fears are really just BS. They're your subconscious or things that have happened to you. They're limiting right. beliefs. And then you truly identify like what truly is the fear in the military. You know, when we're, when we're doing military planning, uh, we look at the, when we're analyzing the enemy, cause the, when we're looking at the enemy, we're doing a, a mission it's, it's, you know, we're going to face some resistance. Well, what's the most dangerous course of action? What's the worst case scenario? Okay. That we call that the most dangerous course of action. And we need to be uh, prepared and aware for that. But then we also look at, okay, like what's the most likely course of action? We, we have identified right. what's the worst case scenario, but what's, what's potentially really going to happen. And as a military, you know, we plan for the most likely, we need to be prepared for the most dangerous, but we, through that right. thinking, we can kind of hedge against those, but we put our emphasis on the most likely and that reduces some of the, um, I don't know, maybe some of the, the, the true fear, some of the, the BS fears, the things that aren't happening that, that could hold us back. And it's taking that same mindset and applying it to, to your life. Like what's, what's complete. Uh, it could happen, but it's so unrealistic, uh, versus like what, what's going to likely happen. And then you plan to address what could likely happen. And then, and then what you realize is like a lot of these fears, they're not nearly as bad as you think they are. And then having right. a sense of accountability to help you maneuver through it. Because high performing people, it's not like the, it's not like the fear goes away. It's just that you look at it a little bit differently 
and then you plan accordingly to hedge against the things that could happen and you take steps anyway. And as you develop competence in something, you're going to gain more confidence because it's the competence competence loop. Do you find that for vet veterans, maybe when they step out into civilian life, they might forget or discount all the incredible training and background and experiences that they've had in the military? Because it sounds like it sounds like what you're saying is we've we've trained in this. Remember your training. Um, I interviewed someone last night, uh, Nayuka, and she's been in the military for a long time. And I said, what's the one thing you would say? And her last final thought was, remember your training. Yeah, I mean, I think... I, I, I have this conversation a lot. We really downplay a lot of our skills and our abilities. We speak right. a different language that doesn't necessarily translate to civilian sector, but there's a lot of things that we do that are equally as good or if not better, you know, right. and it all goes back to the training, all of the training, all the leadership, uh, the, the, the wording might be different, but the, the frameworks are absolutely relevant. Like when you're going through mm -hmm. creating an op order, like that whole process of the military decision-making process, like those frameworks work in your day-to-day -day life. Like when you go to buy a car, like you can go through the military decision-making process, those steps and, and make a good purchasing decision because of that. And so yeah. just remember your training. It's there. Don't discount it. It, it all works. Um, you know, a lot of things that I bring up is like the, uh, in the United States Army, we, we conduct after action reviews. And that's a principle that when I when I when I coach uh, civilian uh, leaders, it's something that a lot of people don't do very well that we we tend to do incredibly well, but we fail to apply that principle to our own life. And the people that do, right. um, you know, they, they have a leg up and, and it, these these principles absolutely work. For civilians, the after-action review, they may be familiar with that. If maybe they're in, in a medical profession, they might do the M&Ms with a review where something has gone wrong or well and try to find ways of improving practice. What are some of the principles of an after-action review that civilians could use and understand? Yeah, there's really there's really four steps. When you have, um, maybe you worked on a project and you came to project completion and this, you get the whole team together and the, the number one principle is, especially if you're uh, a leader of an organization, is it needs to be an environment where everyone has the opportunity to speak up. Okay, that's that's the that's the fundamental difference in in like our military versus like other militaries is that we allow even the, the most junior, the, the privates, and everyone is on the same because we're all trying to learn together. It's the only way that we get better, right? So that has to be it has to be a space where everyone has the opportunity to speak up. And there's really four things. It's what was supposed to happen. What was the intent? What was the outcome that we're trying to achieve? What actually happened? Because every time that you try to start something like your plan, there's going to be deviations in your plan. Things are going to happen. Uh, what do we sustain? So what were the things that, um, that, that went really well that we want to continue to improve upon or double down on or make sure that we uh, continue? And then what are some areas of improvement without without shaming anyone, without like, you know, mm -hmm. yelling at anyone like, Hey, you screwed up. And this is, it would have been better if you did. It has to be an, the, the key is it has to be open dialogue where people feel comfortable and acknowledging like, Hey, this is what I screwed up on, but giving them the opportunity, like, well, how can we fix that? And how can we, you know, and then you take those notes and this is key too. A lot of times we'll, we'll do these things, but then it's like, when you have a similar operation later, it's like you need to go back and reference these notes again so you can right. review them as part of the planning process. 
that's something that I've been in organizations, even within the military. We, we do the ARs really well, but we'll miss that um, the, the notes on that. And that's important to do. So uh, you want to, as part of your next planning, find some A after action review notes and review that so you can identify those things. Because we'll, we'll, we tend to repeat ourselves. And if we don't address these things and have those considerations, we can make the same mistakes. That's really great. So Joe, um, just as we wrap up, what's the best way for people to get hold of you? With the show notes, we've got the um, the link to your YouTube to your LinkedIn profile. And then yeah. on the screen, we've got your website. Is it just one of those two things or is there another way? The, the website's probably the best way to, to get a hold of me because I'll have all my links on there. Um, I'm also, you can go to Do Hard Things Apparel. You can look up the Do Hard Things Nation and I'm, I'm facilitating that as well. So, you know, you see this logo here, we're going to be creating mm. events. We're going to be creating workshops and I bring my coaching in as part of that. But um, yeah, you can look out for those things and that's how people can get in contact with me. Fantastic. And just one final thought that you might have for a veteran who's maybe finding things challenging with the transition into civilian life, what would you say to them? Get connected with other veterans that are going through that transition problem or not problem, but that um, that they're facing through transition. Realize that, you know, as I'm going through transition right now, I'm finding myself it's exciting but I'm also, I'm also feel like I'm grieving something. I'm leaving a big part of myself. I've been right. doing this for 25 years. I've been doing this since I was 17 yeah. and I'm, I'm scared. I'm a high performance coach and I'm scared. Right. And you can't, you can do this alone, but you, you really need a team of people. I recommend having a therapist, having a coach, getting connected with a community of people and be vulnerable enough to lean on them and accept help. And just realize that this is a process that, is significant hmm. and you can go it alone, but that's just a harder way of doing it. And don't let your ego keep you from doing it the right way. Because the question I always ask people is who loses if you don't win, right? Your family right. and your people around you are relying on you to be the best version of yourself. And, and, and so, and, but having a team of people to support you enables you to do that better. Hmm. Jay, firstly, thank you for your service. And also, thank you so much for giving us your time here today. Really appreciate your thoughts. Please don't go anywhere. Just as I wrap up, I'd love to chat with you just briefly after the podcast as well. So thank you, Jay, for your time. Honored to be here. Thank you so much. And for those of you watching, whether you're on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, whichever platform that you're watching this recording on, if you're a veteran or a member of the family of a veteran, uh, our courses, our bachelor degrees and master's degrees are approved by the VA. So we'd love to help you gain the qualification that you want to help you move forward in your career goals if you need that. Thanks very much for joining us in our Veteran Stories Difference Makers and here with JTEGS, who is definitely a difference maker. We'll see you again on the next episode. Thank you.